the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. Here James says, If any one of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith with no doubting. For he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. Jacob's about to meet Esau, who's headed in his direction with a ginormous group of men. He has his whole family and livestock moved to the other side of the river. Yes, he prayed to God to save him from what was coming, but what was the point? Jacob forged ahead anyway and did what he thought was best. Pastor Dan proposed today that it could have been a lack of faith. He was trying to alleviate Esau's anger and his own fear. Jacob didn't believe that God would do what he asked. He was, as some say, wishy-washy. Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of Genesis chapter 32 for today's edition of Ring of Truth. Verse 5, he mentions all of his great wealth and all the flocks that he has. And and he does this to communicate to Esau that he's not seeking anything from Esau. He's not asking anything. He's he's not going to take anything from Esau. He's he's not a threat to Esau at all. There's no, you know, there's no agenda here. So he sends them and they have to travel, you know, anywhere from like 60 to 100 miles to get to Esau. So they go, they come back, however long that takes to travel and come back. And now verse 6, the messengers return to Jacob saying, we came to your brother Esau and he also is coming to meet you and 400 men are with him. So which Jacob said, I'm sorry, what'd you say? You know, Did you say 400 men are with him. I don't even know if Esau or if Jacob expected Esau to come at all. But now he's coming. He's got 400 men with him. 400 men is a sizable army. You may remember in chapter 14, Abraham went into battle with 318 men against four other armies, opposing armies, to rescue his nephew Lot. Esau is on his way with 400 men. And of course, Jacob does what we do. He assumes the worst, right? This is not some greeting party coming. Esau's coming seeking vengeance, and he's bringing 400 men with him to exact revenge. And so, verse 7, so Jacob was greatly afraid 
and distressed. And he divided the people that were with him and the flocks and the herds and the camels into two companies. And he said, if Esau comes to the one company and attacks it, then the other company which is left will escape. Jacob was greatly afraid, it says. That word means to be filled with dread. Right? As soon as he hears the news, it just washes over him. 400 men. And then it says he was distressed. That word distress, it has the idea of being besieged or attacked. And you know what that's like when you receive bad news and you feel just besieged by it now. You're under attack. And so what did Jacob do when he was afraid and when he was distressed? What did Jacob do? Well, initially he panicked. (laughs) He panics here. And he's operating now out of fear And he panics and he comes up with a panic plan where he's going to divide his family and divide his property into two groups. And and if Esau attacks one group, hopefully the other group will be able to escape and at least half my family and stuff will be able to survive. This is his plan that he comes up with now out of fear. And then verse 9, though, then Jacob said, O God of my father Abraham and God my father Isaac, the Lord who said to me, note that, return to your country and to your family and I will deal well with you. I am not worthy of the least of all the mercies and of all the truth which you have shown your servant. For I crossed over this Jordan with my staff and now I have become two companies. Deliver me, I pray, from the hand of my brother, from the hand of Esau, For I fear him, lest he come and attack me and the mother with the children. For you have said, I will surely treat you well and make your descendants as the sand of the sea, which cannot be numbered for a multitude. After Jacob panicked, he prayed. It's better to pray first. But at least he gets around to praying. After he panicked, He prayed. You know, the Bible has so many wonderful verses exhorting us to pray in our time of need and in our time of crisis. Verses like Psalm 46, verse 1, that says, God is our refuge and our strength and a very present help in time of trouble. Verses like Psalm 55, verse 22, that says, cast your burden on the Lord And he shall sustain you, and he shall never permit the righteous to be moved. In Psalm 62, Psalm 62, verse 8, Trust in him at all times, you people. Pour out your heart before him. God is a refuge for us. Or Psalm 61, verse 1, Hear my cry, O God, attend to my prayer From the end of the earth, I will cry to you when my heart is overwhelmed. Is your heart overwhelmed today? Lead me to the rock, Jesus Christ, that is higher than I. Or Jeremiah 33, verse 3. Call to me and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things which you do not know. Or in the New Testament, Philippians Chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds 
through Christ Jesus. There's so many, so many verses in the Bible that exhort us and encourage us to pray. To pray to God in a time of trial and in a time of crisis. So Jacob prays now. First he panicked. Now he's praying. And his prayer is really a wonderful model prayer for us that we can follow in our time of crisis. First of all, Jacob prays, and I want you to see this, Jacob prays the promises of God back to God. He prays the promises of God back to God. Look at verse 9. In verse 9, he says, The Lord who said to me, (laughs) Return to your country and to your family, and I will deal well with you. In verse 12, he says, For you said, I will surely treat you well and make your descendants as the sand of the sea, which cannot be numbered for multitude. You know, God doesn't need to be reminded of what he said, but Jacob needs to be reminded of what God said to him. And it's good to pray God's promises back to God for your own benefit, for your own encouragement in the crisis. Now, I've never counted them before, but I have read that there are 3,000 promises in the Bible. I'll take that number. I know there are 1,189 chapters in the Bible. So on average, you will find more than two promises per chapter when you read the Bible. And I want to encourage you to not only have a habit of reading through the Bible, but praying through the Bible. Pray the scriptures right back to God. What you read, turn it into a prayer. And make it a personal prayer back to God. You know, for me, I have a wide margin Bible that I use in my morning reading time. And I write the prayer. I take whatever I read, I turn it into a prayer, and I just write it right there in the margin of the Bible. Jacob prayed God's word back to God. God's promises that God made to him. He prayed them right back to God. Lord, you said this to me. Lord, you promised this. You said this. You said that. Now, secondly, Jacob prays with humility. He prays with humility. Look at verse 10. He says, I'm not worthy of the least of all the mercies and of all the truth which you have shown your servant. I crossed over this Jordan with my staff. And now I've become too companies. Jacob essentially prays, Lord, I'm not worthy of all that you've done for me. There's humility there. And I love what he prays here. He says, I crossed the Jordan River with nothing but a walking staff in my hand. Now it's 20 years later and he's got this huge family and servants and all this livestock and all these possessions. He says, Lord, Lord, you've, you've blessed me. And if you're here and you've walked with the Lord for a long period of time, for for years, for example, and you can think back to what you were like and who you were before Christ, before you were saved, before you were born again, and you can look back over the years of walking with the Lord, 
and seeing the faithfulness of God in your life and the blessing of God on your life, not just materially, but with family and friends and the body of Christ, just so many blessings in your life. You could say a similar thing. Jacob says here. And so Jacob repeats the promises of God back to God in his prayer, and he prays with humility. And then finally, Jacob prays with honesty. Look at verse 11. In verse 11, he says, Deliver me, I pray, from the hand of my brother, from the hand of Esau, for I fear him, lest he come and attack me and the mother with the children. Jacob says, I'm afraid. I'm afraid of what Esau will do to me and do to my family. Pastor Dan will share the second half of today's message in just a moment. But first, he'd like to take a moment to tell you how you can receive prayer for your needs. Do you need prayer today? Every week we receive prayer requests from our listeners. If you need prayer for anything at all, we would like to pray for you right now. You can share your prayer request with us through our website, calvaryec.com. Again, that's calvaryec.com or through our church app or by calling us at 410-491-4592. And can I ask you to pray for us as well? Pray for the Ring of Truth Radio Ministry as we bring the Word of God to those who need it. Thanks, Pastor Dan, and thank you for praying. Now let's finish today's message. When you pray, be honest with the Lord. Be honest with the Lord. Express your honest feelings to the Lord. Lord, I'm afraid. Lord, I'm worried. Lord, I'm anxious. Lord, I'm angry. Lord, I'm scared that this might happen. I'm scared that that might happen. Lord, I'm stressed out. Whatever it may be. Again, pour out your heart to the Lord. Now, Jacob's prayer in verse 11, his prayer is, deliver me. This is what he's asking God. Deliver me. Rescue me. Save me. Lord, Lord, you made all these promises to me. Don't forget the promises you made. You, you told me to return to my home country. I'm just obeying you. you. You said you'll deal well with me. You said you'll treat me well. So now, deliver me. So Jacob makes this wonderful prayer. But then watch what he does next in verse 13. So he lodged there that same night, and he took what came to his hand as a present for Esau, his brother, 200 female goats and 20 male goats and 200 ewes and 20 rams, 30 milk camels, with their colts, 40 cows and 10 bulls, 20 female donkeys and 10 foals. Then he delivered them to the hand of his servants, every drove by itself and said to his servants, pass over before me and put some distance between successive droves. And he commanded the first one saying, when Esau, my brother meets you and asks you saying, to whom do you belong and where are you going? Whose are these in front of you? Then you shall say, they are your servants, Jacob's. It is a present sent to my Lord Esau, and behold, he is also behind us. And so he commanded the second and the third and all who followed the drove, saying, In this manner you shall speak to Esau when you find him, and also say, Behold, your servant Jacob is behind us. For he said, I will appease him with the present that goes before me, and afterward I will see his face, and perhaps he will accept me. So the present went on over before him, but he himself lodged that night in the camp. So here's what I want you to get. Jacob prays and asks God to deliver him from Esau. But then Jacob tries to deliver himself. (laughs) Which is it, Jacob? 
He asks God to, to deliver him, and then he tries to deliver himself with this scheme that he comes up with, sending a bunch of livestock to Esau as a gift to appease Esau's anger. Jacob's actions demonstrate he didn't really trust that God would deliver him. So he's got this fantastic prayer, but he doesn't really believe it. And he's taking matters into his own hands. And he's coming up with his own plan to get himself out of this. Or to put it another way, his walk didn't match his talk. Our walk should match our talk. If you pray for God to deliver you, then you should act like you believe that God will deliver you. You shall not act like you will deliver you. And that's what Jacob does. This is what the Bible calls being double-minded toward God. Double-minded. James talks about this in James chapter 1. You don't have to turn there if you don't want to. I'll just read it to you. James chapter 1, verses 5 to 8. Here James says, If any one of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith, with no doubting. For he who doubts is like a wave of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. James says, a person who is double-minded toward God will be unstable in all their ways. Not just in what they're praying about, but unstable in every area of life and everything they do. So he says we should pray in faith without doubting, believing that God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Jacob's double-minded here. You know, in Psalm 46, verse 10, it says, Be still and know that I am God. It's a very well-known verse. The phrase, be still, it literally means to relax. Relax. It means to let go. Be still. Let go. It's talking about control. Who's going to have control? Am I in control of my life? Or is Jesus Christ in control of my life? Am I willing to surrender control? To Jesus Christ. Will I let go? Will I relax my grip and hand over the control to Jesus? That's what this is about. That's what it's about for Jacob. So Jacob has this wonderful prayer. But then he immediately acts like it's all dependent upon him. To get himself out of this situation. Yeah, but Esau's coming. He's got 400 men. With him. I can't just be still. I got to do something. Well, you did something. You prayed. You asked God to deliver you. You reminded God of the promises that He made to you. Do you believe He's going to keep His promises? Do you believe He'll keep His word? Do you trust that He'll deliver you? Look at verse 20 again. Jacob says, I will appease Him. With this present, that word appease, it comes from the same Hebrew word for atonement. Jacob was seeking Esau's forgiveness and acceptance through these gifts. He's hoping that these gifts atone and satisfy 
Esau's anger. You know, the Bible says that the sacrifice of Jesus Christ on the cross for our sins appeases the anger of God toward us. First John chapter two, verse two, Jesus himself is the sacrifice that atones for our sins and not only our sins, but the sins of all the world. And so Jacob here, he's hoping to appease Esau, verse 22. And he arose that night. Now watch what he does here. He arose that night and took his two wives, his two female servants and his 11 sons. And he crossed over the ford of Jabbok, the Jabbok River there. And he took them and he sent them over the brook and he sent over what he had. So here's what Jacob does. In the middle of the night, (laughs) he wakes up. Maybe he wasn't sleeping, probably not sleeping. Jacob is so, you know, wound up about Esau coming. So he's probably laying in his bed at night, can't sleep, tossing and turning. His brain is just finally at some point in the middle of the night, wakes his wives up, wakes the kids up and says, we got to cross you guys. We're going to cross over the Jabbok River. You guys are going to go stay on the other side of the Jabbok River. We're going to separate. I'll stay over here. And all of you guys and all of the livestock and all of our stuff and all of our servants. I want you guys to all just move over to the other side of the river. I think that would be safer for us if we do that. In the middle of the night. Did I mention it's the middle of the night? And I'm sure one of his wives said, can't it wait till morning? <laughs> he said, no, no, we got, it. we got to do it right now. I know some of the night, I'm sure one of his wives said, you really want me to wake all the kids up right now? Are you serious? Yes, get the kids up, get the servants up. We got to move, we got to go. And I'm sure the kids said, what's the deal with dad? He's, he's so uptight. What's going on with him? Why do we got to go, you know? And he moves his whole family in the middle of the night, Cross the river by themselves. He's going to cross the river. All of our stuff, all of our possessions, all of our livestock. But he doesn't go with them. He's going to stay behind by himself because he thinks that's safer for everyone. Remember I read in James, a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. And this is what a double-minded man does to his family. <laughs> this is the kind of junk he puts his family through. But now, verse 24, Jacob is alone. And it's often when we are alone that God can deal with us. It's good to get alone with God. So verse 24, then Jacob was left alone and a man wrestled with him until the breaking a day. Jacob, he's alone, he's worried, he's afraid. And in the middle of the night, this man jumps him. (laughs) Isn't that great? And now he's in this wrestling match with some man. In the middle of the night. Now, who is this man? Well, it's clear from the passage that this man is God. He's going to say later, I saw the face of God. So this is a pre-incarnate appearance of Jesus Christ in the Old Testament. A Christophany. This is Jesus. Whenever you see God as a man in the Bible, that's Jesus. So Jesus, like, you know, wrestles with Jacob. And he wrestles with Jacob for a long time. It says, until the breaking of day. Maybe Jesus has been wrestling with you for a long time. But so he's wrestling with Jacob, and Jacob wouldn't surrender. He wouldn't say uncle. He just kept wrestling. And so verse 25, now when he, that would be the Lord, saw that he did not prevail against Jacob, he 
touched the socket of his hip and the socket of Jacob's hip was out of joint as he wrestled with him. He asked me how I know and I say brings truer than the finest crystal. You've been listening to Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. Pastor Dan has been teaching through the book of Genesis. Although some might view Genesis simply as a historical account of genealogies, the undercurrent throughout this book entails a broader understanding of God's nature toward His people. You're introduced to God's care and concern for His creation, how sin stained what God had created, and what God intended to do to atone for the sin that overshadowed the world altogether. God's plan included a Savior that would envelop His creation in love and sacrifice that might seem incomprehensible to the average person. But God's ways are higher than anything that we as humans can understand. Yet He chose to come to our level anyway. That's a Creator God who's invested for the long haul. If anything about today's message has struck a chord with you, we'd like to talk with you. Please give us a call at 410-491-4592. That number again is 410-491-4592. You can also send us an email through our website, calvaryec.com. If you're not connected yet with a local church, we highly encourage you to find a church home that will help guide and support you in your growing faith. Thanks so much for joining us today. Pastor Dan will have more to share from the book of Genesis next time, right here on Ring of Truth. And I recognize the hands that craft in them Well, I know because I know His voice And it only takes willingness and a conscious choice You need not guess there's a ring of truth that is unmistakable And knowing that you cannot find alone And if you listen carefully and sometimes even if you General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.